This morning I'm going to share with you a little bit about the mystery of death. And to me, it is still a mystery. Uh, all of us have experienced uh, loved ones, close people, even our pets. Uh, they do pass away. And we lost our, our little pet a couple of weeks ago. And a few years ago, I lost my mother. And a few years before that, I lost my father. And last, uh, last Sunday, we, we had a memorial service for Jan Hoffman. And as Cliff said, it was just really nice uh, how well it was done. And, and uh, it was just really a beautiful service. And I, I really enjoyed uh, the comments about Jan's life and all that she did. She was so talented, and she was instrumental in designing and, and blueprinting, drawing the plans for the, the kitchen that was remodeled. They actually moved a door and moved a wall and things. They did a lot of work there, and, and we just really appreciate all that Jan and my wife Joy was helping her. and. They work together so well. Uh, Jan was so quiet and non-assuming, but she had a lot of talent. And uh, Cliff is really so blessed to have a wonderful wife like her. And I, one of the things that I enjoyed was watching the slideshow. Did you ever enjoy the slides and, and looking back over the family and everything? And this one slide I remember was that they were at the, <clears throat> at the lake or someplace. They had a boat. And uh, I never knew this before, but, but Cliff has this big, hairy chest. Did you notice that? And, and how about those hairy legs? That, that was really something. So, Cliff, you're a man's man. We've learned all kinds of things about you. <clears throat> and it was just nice to see uh, uh, the church come together and just bring support and to know that, that she is resting in Jesus and that we can look forward to the resurrection when we can see our parents, our loved ones again. About 30 or 40 years ago, uh, I went to a memorial service, and it was much different. Uh, it happened to be a lady that passed away that used to be next door to my office. They had a little deli, and her name was Rosie, and, and I, I enjoyed getting lunch over there. And unfortunately, she became sick and passed away, and we thought we'd go to the, the service. So my wife and I went to the service, and it was, it was so different than what I was used to. And uh, they were Catholic, and the priest was saying that, you know, Rosie's up in heaven right now, bright as the sun, with Jesus, looking down on you. And, and I was like, wow, I, I just didn't see that in the Bible, you know, and I just was... Uh, wondering about what other people believe. And many people will say, well, when so-and-so passed, well, they're in a better place and, and they're, they're in heaven. And so it's, it's like, okay, but I'm trying to put this to what the Bible says. And so <clears throat> sometimes you just think, well, does it really matter? As long as they're in heaven, I guess that's the main thing, Right? if they have to sleep before they get there or where they go directed to heaven, I guess that's the most important thing. And so uh, maybe it doesn't really matter that much, but the more I get into Scripture and look about the end times, I realize that it, it really does matter. It does make a difference what you believe, what, what is happening with the, the, the mystery of death. Because Jesus warns us that there will be deceivers, and this is going to involve the souls of people, their spirit, the death, 
the resurrection. This is going to be a big deal at the end of time. And so now's the time to get a good understanding so that we are not deceived. Would you turn with me to the Bible in Matthew 24? Matthew 24, verse 21. Matthew 24, verse 21. And it says, For then there will be a great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be, unless those days were short and no flesh would be saved for the elect's sake. Those days will be shortened. In verse 23, Then everyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ. Or there, do not believe it. For false Christs, there'll be impersonations of Christ. False prophets, maybe they're impersonating Elijah or some other prophet. Or they're just saying they're a prophet. But it says, false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, when it talks about the elect in this context, it's talking about Christians who, who are following Christ. And so those who are Christ's followers are the elect, and Satan wants to deceive you and I. This is what Satan wants to do. In verse 25, See, I have told you beforehand, therefore if they say to you, Look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Verse 27, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. When Jesus comes, it's not going to be a secret rapture. It's not going to be a secret thing that just happens. It's going to be as lightning. And I grew up in Indiana and Wisconsin, and we had lightning storms and thunder, and it would shake the house. And I remember washing dishes with my brother and looking out the kitchen window to the backyard, and we saw a ball of fire come down and explode, and it was just like, it was like a really bright light. Uh, lightning, it was an amazing thing. And imagine uh, when Jesus comes, the lightning's going to shine from the east and to the west, and it's just an amazing thing. Did you see that lightning storm we had here about a month ago or so? That was pretty rare. But I guess it was down in Santa Barbara and even, you know, California. Sometimes we get those. But if you grew up back, <clears throat> back in the Midwest, <clears throat> you would remember a lightning storm and a thunderstorm because it would shake the house. It would be really close. It was big. And so this is <clears throat> a big event that's talking about in Jesus coming. And so there will be false Christs and false prophets in the last days. And then it, it describes how the true Christ will come the second time so that we will not be deceived. Notice that Jesus has not touched the earth. He does not travel around to different countries and, and do his miracles. No, he is going to be in the clouds in heaven. And then the angels come and gather the elect, the saved and the resurrected. We'll meet him in the air. 
Uh, let's turn to 2 Corinthians. Today, as you can see, it's going to be a Bible study. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. Paul warns us that there will be false apostles, deceitful workers. Let's see what it says. Verse 13, for such are false apostles and deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Did you catch that? <clears throat> In the last days, there will be false apostles. Can you imagine a Peter or someone says they're Paul or Matthew appearing? That is just an amazing thing. And deceitful workers, deceitful ministers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ to deceive. And verse 14, no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. In the last days, Satan will be allowed to impersonate Jesus. He will transform himself to a being that is supernatural, that people will see him heal, do signs and wonders. He will say things like Jesus would say. He may quote some scripture. It'll be almost accurate. You'll have to, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a few things left out. He may make a few changes. But these are things that we are to be careful of because otherwise we could be deceived. Let's look at uh, Revelation. This is another text, chapter 16. Revelation 16, verse 14. <clears throat> In the last days, it talks about the unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the dragon, which, who's the dragon? That's Satan. Out of the mouth of the beast and the mouth of the false prophets. So these are prophetic terms. In verse 14, it says, For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. So in the very last days, <clears throat> demons will be appearing to the kings of the earth. Who are the kings? Well, that would be the, maybe the president of the United States, England, France, Germany, Russia, China. Can you imagine what's, what's going on here? What a big deception in the whole world when they see these miracles, these supernatural beings. We're all kind of set up for it because if you ever happen to notice an advertisement or something, I'm sure it's accidental, of a, uh, <clears throat> a movie. Supernatural is huge. All these supernatural characters, these comic book characters coming to life on the screen, it's a huge deal. Everything is supernatural. And it, it just uh, is getting bigger and bigger. It's a big business, and people are flocking to these movies to see these supernatural things. And I think it has to do something with the special effects now. It's getting so much better and better and better. When I was a kid growing up, we used to watch uh, My Favorite Martian. Remember those two little antennas that would stick up out of his hair? They've gone way beyond little antennas today. <clears throat> this is amazing what they do. And so the special effects and everything just makes it look so real. It's, uh, it's crazy. So 
Here's, here's the, but the concern that I have, and I respect you know, people if they have a different opinion, and we're all from different backgrounds, sometimes different churches, and, and that, I understand that. And, I'm, and I don't want to give you Ron Chalker's opinion. I want to just give you the word of God, and then you make up your own mind as, as to what you want to believe or not. But, but here's the problem that, that, that I see, and, and that is if we believe that Granny died and went to heaven, her soul went to heaven, then what's to stop Granny under circumstances to come back and appear to us and talk to us? And that's the concern I have. If, however, I believe Granny passed away and she's resting in the grave until the resurrection, if I see Granny later on, I know it's not Granny. I know it's a deception. And so that's the concern that I have in my heart. And so we have to be careful what we believe because we could set ourselves up for a deception. And imagine just how tremendous this is going to be in the last days when Satan impersonates Christ and you have evil angels impersonating apostles coming down from heaven, maybe Mary. Imagine what's going to happen when you, they show the news of these miracles and they're going to uh, try to impersonate the dead rising up out of their graves. So these evil demons could appear like they are being resurrected from the dead. And there could be millions of them all over the earth, all happening at the same time. And so here we have the resurrection. Here we have a false Christ, Satan himself, impersonating Jesus, healing and teaching and raising the dead. <clears throat> what an amazing deception that is going to be. And so it is only if we know the word of God, only if we trust the word of God, because we cannot trust our senses, our eyes, our ears, our, our feelings are going to say, that's granny. It looks like her. It, it, she talks just like she used to. She knows things about me. This has to be granny. Well, Satan's been around. These evil, these demons have been around for thousands of years. They know everybody. <clears throat> they know these, and they can mimic. They can impersonate to a T. You can be easily deceived unless you know what is truth. But <clears throat> why don't we look and see what the Word of God says and let's see what Jesus says about this, okay? Let's be fair. Let's see what Jesus says. But before we do that, imagine if you wanted to study and learn how these electric vehicles work. Let's say you wanted to buy a Tesla and he's like, well, I, I want to figure out how this works. How does this battery work and how does the power work and everything? And you had, let's say you had a group of engineers and they're all talking about it. And they had a difference of opinion. <clears throat> One engineer would say, well, Tesla works on this principle. And another engineer said, no, it works on this principle. And they disagreed. And then what if Elon Musk walked in 
And he said, this is how it works. Which one would you believe? Elon Musk. I would, I would believe him. So if we have a question as to what's really going on with the soul and the spirit and, and death, this mystery that's going on, why don't we go to the source, the creator, shall we? And let's look at what Jesus talks about and how he explains it. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 11. The Gospel of John, and we'll spend some time in this chapter, so if you don't have the, your Bible with you, there should be one in the pew. Go ahead and pull it out. I'd like you to see it for yourself. This is John, the Gospel, chapter 11. And we're looking at <clears throat> this story about Lazarus, his, one of his best friends. I mean, Peter, James, and John, I mean, they were really close to him. But Lazarus and Mary and Martha, I mean, they were right there. They were like family. He could just go to their house and hang out, relax. He knew that he could just have a home, uh, that he could just, you know, share with them. And, uh, and they were so gracious with him. So let's read. Verse 1. And now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, in the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Martha who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. They knew Jesus loved Lazarus, and he, they knew if he was sick, he would want to come and help him. They knew about his miracles. They knew his power to heal. They knew he was the Messiah. They trusted him. In verse 4, and when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. And now Jesus loved Martha and, his sis and her sister and Lazarus. And so when he heard that he was sick, did he rush down to heal him? No, it says he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. In verse 8, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you are going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Jesus was the light, and he was led by God. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. This is a very key phrase. And when we <clears throat> had the memorial service uh, for Jan, and it was like, she's asleep. She's resting in Jesus, and Jesus can wake her up at the resurrection. Amen? He has that power. He is the resurrection, and he is the life. And then verse 12, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought it was he speaking about taking rest and sleep. And then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He died. But he calls it a sleep because he can wake him up. <clears throat> In verse 15, 
And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. And so he goes to Bethany. He goes to his sisters. It's near Jerusalem. And they're weeping. They're, they're mourning. They're, they're, their memorial services go for days. It's not just a few hours. And, and then uh, in verse 20, it says, Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was still sitting in the house. And now Martha said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And so this makes it clear that his followers, his disciples, had a clear understanding of death and the resurrection. They knew that Lazarus did not just go directly to heaven, but he was going to be sleeping in the grave until the resurrection when at the last day. So he is not going to be raised. And that's why they're so sad because he's been taken away. Uh, he is asleep, and they can't uh, be with him. In verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. She knows that there is nothing impossible for God, but she's afraid to ask. <laughs> she's afraid to say, can you raise him from the dead? And she just, she just couldn't go there in her mind. And so she just recognized that he was the resurrection and the life. Coming down <clears throat> to verse 38, Jesus again <clears throat> composes himself. He sees the weeping. He, verse 35, the shortest verse, Jesus wept. And in verse 38, Jesus, again groaning in himself, comes to the tomb, and it was a cave, a stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for how long? Four days he's been dead. And then Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? And then he took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And now when he had these, said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when he had died, and he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, Jesus said to him, Loose him and let him go. <clears throat> Jesus, at the end of time, can call each one by name to come forth. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he calls it a sleep. But this raises a lot of questions. <clears throat> Some of the questions he may be thinking, well, 
The Bible talks about a soul. Do, do we have a soul? You know, the Bible talks about a spirit. Do we have a spirit? And there are so many confusing and different definitions and understandings of this. It's, it's really a mystery to, to all of us to a degree because we really can't explain. I mean, how do you explain cremation? There, there's just a, an urn of, of ashes. But at the resurrection, there's going to be a glorified body that is going to live forever have access to the tree of life, the living water. I mean, how do you explain that? How do you explain all our thoughts, our character is stored up? How do we explain that? It, it, it is a mystery. I cannot explain it. And so I have to go back to the word of God and, and try to see what the Bible says about this. So we have to go back to the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 and see what the Bible says and helps to explain. Because if we just listen to Hollywood and we just listen to, you know, our brother, our sister who has their ideas, it's really confusing. It, it doesn't agree with each other. There's a lot of uh, misunderstandings. And so let's go to the Word of God, the Creator, the Elon Musk of Tesla and understand Tesla. Let's go to the Creator and see what the Creator says about this. So we look at verse 7. And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being or a living soul. Let's slow down a little bit. So first, God formed man of the ground clay. He formed it with his own hands. So here's a body. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The breath of life. Not just anybody can breathe into this clay body, this image, and bring him to life. Only a creator can breathe the breath of life. And then the man becomes a living being or a living soul. So it doesn't say that the creator gave him a soul. It says he became a soul. You and I are living souls. And this has been a common understanding back in the days when they used Morse code, SOS. What does SOS stand for? Do you know? Save our souls. Save us. A soul is a human being, and, and that's what the Bible definition is, is saying here. The breath of life, boy, I don't know how to explain that. God will explain the breath of life, but life to me is a mystery. Life, life. The grass is alive. The plants I try to kill at home, they, they're kind of alive, but I'm not watering them enough, and they, they can die. And, and it's just so sad that things can die, but there is a, a life that God has given animals, the fish. There is life that we just cannot duplicate. <clears throat> it's an amazing thing. And <clears throat> some of you 
<clears throat> are probably better students of the Bible than I am. And there are some A students here. And so I'm going to throw up a question for the A students here, okay? So, Pastor, pay attention. I know you're an A student. <clears throat> so when we talk about the breath of life, the breath of life, we'll be talking about life. The breath is the spirit of God. There's a text that talk about that. I'll, I'll cover that in a few minutes. <clears throat> you guys, you A students already know that. <clears throat> Is it possible? The question is, I'm going to ask you, and I want you to think about this, and maybe after church or some other time, show me from the text, from the Word of God, the answer. But the breath of life, when God breathed into Adam, was, did he breathe on him the Holy Spirit? Did God breathe into Adam the Holy Spirit? Now you're supposed to wait. Is the Holy Spirit the breath of life? Think about it. I haven't had a chance to to look at this all up in my own mind, so I'm not going to give you the answer. I want you to give me the answer, okay? So I want you guys to study for that. But when we talk about breathing into someone, uh, God breath, the breath of life, we talk about the spirit. So the Bible does say that we have a spirit, but let's see what that spirit is defined uh, by the word of God. Let's go to Job, the book of Job, J-O-B. Not Job, the book of Job. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, right before... Psalms, Job, chapter 27, chapter 27, verse 3, as long as my breath is in me and the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness. So it's talking about the breath equated with the breath of God as the spirit. When God breathed into the, the Adam, he gave him the breath of life, and that spirit of God, it says, is in my nostrils. Uh, the spirit is the breath of life, and when we die, <clears throat> That breath of life, where does it go? It goes back to God. <clears throat> he gave life, and he takes the life back. <clears throat> so when we talk about the spirit in this context, it's the breath of life. And maybe the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> we look at uh, <clears throat> the creation. I, I just got to bring this up. I can't help myself. <clears throat> In Genesis uh, chapter 1, what does it say about the Spirit? 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was a part of creation. Also in Genesis, it talks about God said, and let us make man in our image. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had a part in creating Adam. Very important point there. I'm giving away uh, the answers to the question. But it just seems a lot of scripture that, that points to that. And of course, today we, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean, this this is the this is our belief to be filled with the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. In the Spirit, there is life, and so the the mystery of the the breath of life uh, could be in the could be in the realms of the Holy Spirit as well. Something to think about. I haven't quite thought it through all the way myself, but there's a lot of texts that just kind of lean that direction. So let's move on. Our time is about gone. I just want to wrap things up here real quick. I just want to make a few things clear from the Word of God. Let's jump to uh, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, just so you get kind of a balance of what the Bible says, and then you make up your mind what, what you want to believe Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5 and 6. <clears throat> For the living know that they will die, but the dead know what? Nothing. And they have no reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their life, their hatred, their envy, they have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. When someone dies, they know Nothing. But what about uh, uh, good people? Don't people go to heaven? That's a lot of people think that. Let's look what the Bible says in Acts, Acts chapter 2. Because we have some, some that believe that good people should go to heaven. But let's see what the Bible says here. Verse 29. Because of COVID, look. Verse 29, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David that is both dead and buried in his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has shown with an oath to him of the first of his fruit of his body according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. So David is both dead and buried. And where is David? He is in the tomb still. First Corinthians, what happens? Well, when, does, when do the righteous dead go to heaven? First Corinthians. What does the Bible say about that? Now remember, this is not Ron Chalker. This is the First Corinthians 15, verse 51. First Corinthians Chapter 15, verse 51. <clears throat> this is where our sermon's coming from. It's the mystery of death. 
Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so when do the righteous dead go to heaven? At the last trumpet. Uh, Paul makes it clear again in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, just back a little bit. Other way. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. I'll back to verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, so this is an authority by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, Jesus experienced death himself. He experienced a horrible death on the cross. He knows what he's talking about when he talks about death. He died, a horrible crucifixion. He knows what it's like to be buried in a tomb. He was buried in a tomb. And Jesus is the resurrection. He was raised on Sunday. And he knows what it's like. He knows what the pain that you're feeling right now when you are missing your loved ones. He knows the experience of seeing sin in the world and its devastating effects. And we all look forward to the day when death and Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire and it is gone. Amen? We look forward to that day. And I want to close with this verse, John chapter 20. When Jesus was resurrected, he tarried a little bit because his disciples and Mary were just devastated. They were so devastated that their Messiah had been crucified and he's in their whole life was just like when you follow when you follow Christ with everything for three years and then it's gone? How would you feel? I mean, your whole life has just been like, what happened? It's just been ruined. So Jesus knew he just had to reassure them. And so John chapter 20, verse 11, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she, he, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, 
where the body of Jesus lay. And then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not know it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She knew his voice. What? When you're hurting and you're crying, he'll just say your voice. And you'll just like, oh, you're here. And she turned to him and said, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren, my disciples, my friends, and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and your God. Did Jesus' soul go to heaven at the crucifixion when he died? Jesus said, I have not yet ascended to my Father. And so, for me, I am going to put my trust in the Word of God. I know there's a lot of good people that believe otherwise, but I just have to trust the Word of God. Because the times are coming when this is going to be a really big deal. There's going to be some huge deceptions. And I just don't want to be deceived. And I pray that you will not be deceived either. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the word of God. We can put our life in the word of God and trust it. You are the resurrection. You are the life. And we invite you into our hearts today. That spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, we ask that you will live within us and lead us and guide us to all truth. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.